Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army Podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me this evening to discuss a uh, a bad vibes time around the River Hounds. I got two buddies. First off, it's Vesti. What's good, man? Oh, yes. Depending on what time of the day it is, I am fluctuating between feeling like uh, Bill Murray in Groundhog Day or the infamous Jim Moore rant. It's it's going that well for you, huh? It's the, that's the kind of vibes I got right now about uh, our beloved. Yeah. I mean, you were there in the rain with... Uh, well, all three of us were there, were there in the rain. A couple having a few beverages in the bar beforehand. I thought we were, we felt pretty good on the whole before that game, despite the shit weather. And then reality came and socked us in the face. Right. First two games I've been to in a long time were the last two games, and I I picked some good ones. I mean, I'll just lead off right now. I have not left this even for in, uh, introducing our third uh, buddy on the on the show tonight. I don't think I had left Highmark Stadium that pissed off in years years like probably the first time in the lily era that i um i was fuming after that game and um yeah i saw it <laughs> yes you did yes well you let's did. uh why don't we get number three in here so we can all start commiserating yeah but that, am i allowed to talk before i'm introduced I, I don't know hey it's yak what's up man pod or not now, there's no rules on this show you know that uh, I was hoping to forget the uh, the local soccer team's woes by watching another team play tonight that just wrapped up before this pod, and the local university alma mater also had a rough showing at home, and I've decided this sport is bad and nowhere is safe. <laughs> I, lo- I like the commitment to short-term memories, both in terms of the good times and the bad times. Uh because it's been mostly bad times lately. But uh, besides, yeah. but in the non the non footballing ways, Yak, what um, what uh, what do you want to share with the people about uh, your current existence? It's going well. Let this be a, a sign of life for all of you out there concerned about my well being. There you go. Yak has a. Uh, has uh, showing signs of life, and that's good. Or it's a really, really good deep fake. Or it's that. But we don't have the budget for that on this at all. Send us money. But yeah, is this where we start the Patreon? We, yeah, we, we need money so we can make AI so we don't actually have to do this show. Yeah. Or if we're going to do the show, we can do the show um, in person with better microphones. Either or. Gentlemen, uh, let's just get into it. Uh, this past Saturday, uh, rainy, underattended Highmark Stadium, Hounds nil, St. Antonio won. Uh, I already told you how I felt after that game. It was not good. Yak, where were you at? I felt pretty bitter. Um, a little bit empty would be the right word, I'd say, because it just seemed like we're just kind of going to go rudderless into a mech draw, a 0-0 draw, which would have been disappointing on its own, even though San Antonio is a very good team. 
And then, uh, as has been the case seemingly for the last month and a half in this downward spiral, the, the curse of the final 20 minutes or so reared its ugly head yet again. And, well, I just had about enough of that team after that night. Right. That's about it. Festy, you may have been the most level-headed out of the three of us after that game. Um, what's your secret? Uh, abandoning hope a couple weeks ago oh. and just enjoying the ride. Well, not really enjoying, but like we're sitting in the stands there, which before getting into the game, got to say, a wet game, low attended game. There was some great chaotic energy in this in this quarter section that night. Um, despite what was happening on the field, it was a good time for the first eighty minutes. Yeah, uh, it was I a thought. bit of a party. I mean, a lowly uh, attended party, but it was uh, people were having a good time, kind of just kind of making shit up as they went along. Got pulled out some classic chants, made some chants from the uh, from the quasi prohibited list, but it was good times. Yeah, when uh, when the boys are failing to score at home, that's when the chance you know you, you really start pulling out the uh, the chance sheet from like five six years ago. Because what else are you gonna chant about? Go for the deep cuts, <sighs> the B sides. Yeah, made the comment in the Discord that it felt very open cup esque before the game, and it definitely had that vibe throughout most of the ninety minutes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. For sure. Yeah, but that, that that you know, I was enjoying myself uh, till about the 80th there, and then I had the San Antonio started really getting a lot of chances. The Hounds are starting to try to park the bus, but you know can't really do that this year. And if you look at the game flow, it it reflects that. And a couple minutes before that goal went in, I'm just I'm standing there thinking like, I this feels like it's going to be the same thing as the previous week. They're going to get some late goal. And then they did, and I just just sat there giggling to myself because it was so – it's just getting ridiculous at this point. And you knew at that point the Hounds weren't weren't going to score. Oh, no. No. No, that's why, that's why I mean about, like, uh, feeling like I'm in Groundhog Day. Like, it, be, it, going to two games in a row uh, for the first time for me this year, it, it felt like I was watching – the same game two weeks in a row. Like the only difference between this and the OC game was that the OC keeper made that boneheaded play that allowed Dequa to get around him. But other than that, it felt like the exact same performance. The starting eleven was almost identical. It was just one change, and the exact same thing happened. It was it's nuts. Speaking of that eleven, is that is that what you expect your your playoff eleven to be right now? Need to look real quick. I remember the one thing I definitely thought when I saw the lineup was we're never seeing Dane Kelly ever again. He wasn't even in the eighteen. No. Oh uh, man, yeah. Um, I mean, okay. To go through it, it was weight in net, which I think we're all. Yes. Yeah, he's your he's he's the one. <laughs> With three games ago, we, we can now confidently say we have a number one goalkeeper. Uh, Wheat Ordonez Williams Peters in the back. Uh, Griffin, Forbes, Dixon, Mertz, Cicerone, and Dequa up top. With Dos Santos on the shelf, that's that's your starting eleven. Yes. Yeah, especially if they're sticking with the Ford defense 
uh, look, oh, which me... has been the case for the last how long has it been? A month, maybe. Mikhail Williams might have to we have to have a conversation about that though. Uh, yeah, the only the only difference between that and the previous week for OC was um, instead of uh, Peters, it was Rivera. To which I I'm a little miffed that Rivera is not getting some more minutes, especially with Dos Santos gone and they're kind of being opening there in in the the left side. Yeah, I, I agree. I really think he would slot in well, and he in general has not been starting for reasons I don't fully understand. You can make that statement about a couple different people this year. We're going to need to get a lot of milk carton ads this offseason. Right? <sighs> yeah. So here's my question. Without going into specifics, um, in someone at the at Home Run Harry's pregame brought a kind of version of this question, and we were discussing it. So I'll throw it to, to Yak. <sighs> Is this because the the conversation revolves around the, the defense and what the defense is and what the defense isn't? And I basically made the the charge that this defense is exactly what Bob envisioned it to be, and that it's, it's not his strongest defensive unit ever, clearly. But where this team has fallen flat is just not scoring enough, and that because the firepower is. On paper, good enough to to win games three two two one three one. You know this defense is going to give up the the goals here and there, not a ton, but you know it's not going to be a clean uh, sheet machine. But the the offense is just not doing enough to to win games, even when they concede a goal. Uh, is that your read on on this team, or yeah? What's what's the question here? I is guess it. The, uh... it the question is what what is the makeup of this team? Is this a, a defense first team? Is this a run and gun run out offense the the opposition team? What what was the makeup of this team supposed to be and where is it being deficient? It's supposed to be like a methodical offensive team. It would be like straight up the straight up the field like north north south. San Antonio is more like that truthfully because they're so counter heavy. Um we're, we focus more on offense, but we're slower at it, but we're not finishing with it. And we're hoping for that offense being the fuel and the defense being at least I, which is mostly true. It is I, it, it has, it has good games. It has rough games. The keeper's not as good as it has been with some of the last few years. Although to say weight is the fault for the, downfall of the last month or two is would not be the case i'm not saying that it's just he's not quite some of the last dudes we've seen in lily's run so i think the defense is more or less what we they are what we thought they were the offense is missing man in action right now uh, it's funny because i bring up how the goaltending is a little poorer than previous years and i agree with that but I mean, none of this seems to be on goaltending per se. Um, so even all the talks we had early in the year about the goaltending being down this year, on the whole, the the goaltending is is it still just the the classic the Bob has his, it's his 
system goalkeeper who's going to just do their job in the system and but just maybe not quite as spectacular as it's been in previous years. Yeah, Waits not an all league contender. Morton was, Vidiello was like on a, on a given year those guys could possibly be the best goaltender of the year. Wade is not there. So, it's just a drop off. That doesn't mean he's bad. He's 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 No, I just I think above yeah. average. He might be good. For even just being made a step off from what we've had in the previous year, it's still you know, none of this is is much to on blame uh, for the goalkeeping. Festy, what's your read on this? What, what what is the makeup of this team? What was it supposed to be, and what has it become? I, I agree with the the thought that the the defense was supposed to be just good enough this year. Like they're going to let in goals, they weren't going to be shut down like in years past, but they were going to be good enough to let up like one, and then the offense was going to take care of it. You know, get get to two or three, and would it's it's it was a problem early in the year when they had that that bad run. It kind of corrected itself for a little bit, and then came right back in the last month or so. That once we get into the opposing eighteen, we just don't know what to do. Like we get cement blocks for feet, and like we're we're taking shots, but very few of them are on target, or very few of them are good, and, and we're just not getting any good looks on net. So we can't make up for the deficiencies on defense. And that's why we're in the position we're in. The lack of, of good looks on net, is this not playing direct enough in trying to down the wing, cross it in, and, and get a forehead on it? And just instead of just trying to go route one, take it down, lose a defender, find some open space, and shoot? What? Why is the shot selection or the the shot opportunity not there in the past five six weeks? I feel like we're worse when we're playing direct. Like if we try to just dribble it down the middle and 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 pass it, like it's they don't know what to do. They're not making runs. It's when we're going east to west, like you know across the net with the crosses that we're actually getting decent chances. It's unfortunate that some of the guys up front are a little short because there's been a few times where the ball is like an inch or two too high where if you had a taller guy, you could get the head on it. But um, I, 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 don't know, I guess crossing it from the wings isn't working either, but it, that seems like it works better when we were successful. I think at the beginning of the year, it looks like in the preseason, it looked like this is a team that is that is going to be kind of built for the opportunity for set pieces. And that's why this very heavy, this very cross heavy offense is here. We get a lot of corners. We get a lot of, we get a lot of a decent amount of like, deep free kicks, but it just hasn't materialized after the first month or two. And I think that's a weakness that maybe we weren't prepared to be a weakness, but the basis of the offense in the run of play is still the same. We're still getting, 20 some crosses a game it's a very high amount not many of them are getting directed towards goal anymore a lot of the crosses are old are, are floating in the air or are, are weak aren't finding the right targets um the inaccuracy of the, of the crosses recently has been an issue if we were built to rely on free kicks which which i don't agree we probably are with with the way you know we like to go down the wings and cross it we talked about this a little bit before the game, Dan, that we don't have 
a real professional foul drawer on our team this year to get regular free kicks and in good positions around the 18 or even penalties. Like we're, we only had two penalties in the whole year. I think that's that you looked up. We've had one. One. So even worse. So like, yeah, we, we, we get down there, we dribble around for a little bit, you know, we cross it and don't find a target or the ball bounces around the top of the 18 and they get it, they get away. Like we, we don't, we're not, play isn't stopping in the, that part of the field to set up a good free kick like maybe they were expecting or would or would benefit from. Yeah, it's and we do have that conversation basically lamenting the where's our Steven Dos Santos when you need him. Uh, because, yeah, the odd... The, the lack of, of penalties is... Astounding. Astounding. And then just, for, for as much as we end up in the 18 not knowing what to do, you think somebody would have taken a foul, or at least more fouls than we have. But Hold it up long enough to, to draw something. Yeah. Or get held on one of these crosses, you know. Or at least pantomime getting held enough to, to draw a foul. Oh, and the ball's going like a foot over the guy's head. You can't really draw the foul because they're not pl- getting a play on it anyways. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Uh, we'll leave the conversation on this game. I'll try to let's. Maybe this is a question for later in the episode, but hell, I'll ask it now. Yak. Reason to be optimistic about this team going into the last two games plus the playoffs is what? Oh, I need a minute. Okay. Respect pretty damning in itself. Yeah. Vesti, you want to take a crack on that? I mean, I already told you at the top of this uh, episode that I've already checked out. I don't have optimism. And I don't, I, I cannot, in good conscience, try to pull one out of my ass just for, for conversation's sake. Okay, I got one. All right. You, well. Okay, go for, you give yours and I'll, I'll give mine. Middle of the year. We had that awful spell of games. I, th- I think it started when Yost and I went to Vegas. Uh, after that, we lost some dumb games a bunch in a row. We got crushed by Charleston, amongst many things. We've already had a, just a really terrible month, month and a half of soccer this year. And then we recovered and had an awesome seven or eight game stretch after that. So it's, it, it is... Feasible. This team can get its shit together at some point. They're just running out of games to do it. But they've done it once before. Bassie, you took my took basically word for word where I was going to go with this. Uh, I'm a genius. Yeah. It's we know they have the the ability in in you know in their back pocket. We've we've seen we've seen it. Likewise, in the past month we've We've drawn Louisville. We've taken San Antonio to a draw over whatever it was eighty-two minutes or something like that. So it the the potential was there, and in one game series, there's enough in there that you know, they can they can make it work. Um, 
so yeah, it, I'm not su- subscribing. Even if they they flame out these last two regular season games, I'm not subscribing to the the notion that they're necessarily going to be one and done. Because I don't think there is that that clearly dominant team in the East. Um, we've seen all the teams in the playoffs have their hiccups in the past handful of weeks. So there isn't, in my opinion, any one team walking into the playoffs sky high on uh, adrenaline or, or good thoughts or however you want to say it, you know, going into the playoffs with momentum, if you will. Um, I think it's just, it's going to be wide open. And the fact that other teams are faltering around the hounds or being inconsistent around the hounds is as good of a reason as any that, that the hounds could pull off a string of, of performances and, and make a run. My counter to that would be, though, to, to, to bring it back down, I guess. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, we're going to end this on a high note, but go for it. Well, maybe this will uh, transition into the next point of topic. Uh, we we took Louisville and, to a draw and San Antonio to almost a draw at home, but it is very much looking like we are not going to be at home in the playoffs. And then I'll counter by saying that their best performance of the year has been on the road. Granted, it was week, it best? was week one, but <laughs> yeah, when oh. was that? <laughs> right, keep it positive. I, I, th- I does this team play th- terribly different home home and road? No. Like, are their game plans markedly different whether they're, they're at home or on the road? They have eight wins at home, seven on the road. Um, now, they draw. They do draw more at home than they do on the road, on away. Um, so I will say they play slightly better at, at home than away, but not marketably. Shockingly, they have a positive goal differential both home and away. I'd believe that. Yeah. So, I don't think I don't think being on the road is necessarily the killer that that it, you would initially think it to be. The other part, while we start to transition off of the San Antonio game. Uh, the Hounds have incorporated a little bit of uh, of audio elements into into the game presentation, specifically on substitutions and kind of the lead up to some corner kicks. Um, Vesti, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, speaking like the the feeling like an old game that that also kind of is part of that way back in the day they used to actually play ads in the middle of a game although thankfully they're not doing that at this point i so in addition to like the corners and whatever the other instances were they're they're also uh shoving a microphone in our faces at the beginning of the game i 
think that is fine using us to like hype up the crowd at the very beginning i don't know about the corners and free kicks and stuff because i feel like it's very close to being over like a ppg where it's the the powerball power play or or whatever the bird hitting the air horn every not even that but just like sponsoring every free kick or something i think that's a I would I would Not be actually more comfortable with it if they were making money off of off these moments. Yeah, but are they're they not. sponsoring this? No, it, it sounds like it's just like get on your feet for X moment. Yeah, I'd be more That's comfortable a, with it like if they're a, cutting if they're getting a check out of the deal, but they're just doing it to do it. Yeah, yeah, it was like, and now Riverhounds Corner by your captain Carnado Forbes. Unless this is the setup but for them trying to sell pay. sell these in the future. I didn't notice it until this past week where it was very noticeable just because we were so thin. And now that it was quiet, it, it just, it felt very odd and I'm not a fan. Um, they tried They tried to get like the crowd pumped up at the beginning of the second half. And the guy asked like several times, but there's like 300 people in the grandstands. It's, it's just like such a dreary dead game. It was very awkward the whole time. I would really prefer. I'm now leaning much stronger. I wish this was not here. You know what a surefire way to to get me to not make noises? Beg me to make noise. Was this game or the last game? I had the Thunder Six too. That was last game. That was I was not in town for that game. There's actually been a couple. I think that was the second game of the year. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't want to be totally against it yet, but I. How it's been executed so far, I've not been a fan. And I don't know, I, it annoys me on the substitutions that we're getting this. I because I still can't understand. I can't hear clearly what the substitution is, but now I can hear. Twenty five seconds of thunderstruck or something like that. I, I got that fine, but <laughs> I still can never hear what the actual substitution is, and that annoys me. Yeah, I mean, if, if they were doing a season long or from the start of the season, maybe it'd be a little less. I don't know. It's just kind of the, the abrupt nature of just starting to do it with four games ago. I I do like the. Um, yeah, that stuff during the game is not great, but I do like some of the things they're doing around the games. Like I thought the saying this as a white dude, but I thought the Hispanic night that they did a couple weeks ago was pretty good. Just doing like more graphics on the scoreboard and stuff. But I think maybe just kind of keep that out of the game itself. That'd be good. My only fear with that is. Is it get to the point where every single game is is a something night? They did that a few years ago. Yeah, and then they got away from it. Yeah, I, it doesn't. If you're going to that well every single game, it's going to lose its. Um, it the novelty is going to wear off on that real fast. Um, yeah, that's that's fair. But if. I guess if they are going to start trying to do more of this stuff, they seem like they're doing it better now. And I imagine that's partly uh, you know, Jeff experience coming in. Oh, no, I agree that that they're, that they're not half-assing it like we've seen in years past. Um, 
I'll give them that much. I just I I don't want to see this as a as an every week thing that, you know, game one is this night, game two is that night, game three is you know, and it's now you're getting a little Las Vegas lights esque if you're going that route. Are you saying you don't want a helicopter dropping money at Hammer Stadium? They didn't have the helicopter, man. <laughs> I think I they just had the, like the, the big like confetti cannon just threw some money out there. Was all it was this time. Kids these days don't know how good we had it. I stayed up, whatever that was, one a.m. because I, I I had to see what was going on with that, and I mean they got me to watch. Fucking Lashbrook, <laughs> he's got like one ass cheek out now. That helicopter throwing some money down, that was amazing. Um, yeah, now it's just I don't know, like a confetti cannon with cash or something. It was not nearly as good. Tuffy bought t-shirt cannons years ago, and they never used them because they kept shooting them too far out of the stadium. Is they that what they like didn't get? Because they kept showing them off at that one meeting, and the, I never saw them in use. Is that what it was? They were too powerful for the stadium? Yeah, that's why I heard they were too powerful. Uh, why don't you just, just have people stand further away then? Higher. Yeah. Or just blast them in the face. Who cares? It's a t-shirt. Because that would be awesome. <laughs> Some small, some small child tries really wants an XL T-shirt and just gets takes one in the face. That'd be great. <laughs> I mean, be more fun than the guy coming over last game. Just kind of like I don't know. Here's a T-shirt. I guess nobody's here. I'm not. Gonna oh, I it. forgot about that's probably still tucked away in my in my uh, in my jacket. I forgot that, that was in there. Because by the end of the game, I was uh, whatever. Bring this conversation full circle. I was pissed off at the end of that game. Oh, let me bring this up. Okay. I, this was not on the agenda, but I'll. Was I off base with my anger about the song selection after the game? Kinda. Kinda. Yeah. I, I don't really care what they play after losses, just as long as they play hooked on the feeling after a win. Okay. But I mean, if you if you know you want to air some grievances, go all out, man. All right. I think it's very hyper specific. All right. Um, they played "Don't Stop Believing" after the loss, which I, on the very base level, it makes sense because the team has been a bit shit lately, and you, you, all you have is hope. So we're on, you know, not stop believing. I was just a little miffed. It was a song about Detroit at a game right where Detroit opposite in the table, and I thought it was just like a lack of understanding of the moment. And I, I was not pleased about that, at all. If anything, they missed the boat by. Uh, I know there wasn't a delay, but the, the lack of rain songs that I, I don't recall hearing any. Merely, um, I guess the, I, I assume Davi was not around anymore because he always had that that rain playlist just ready to go. Just in case of a delay. Yeah. Who knows? <clears throat> Moving on. Um. So after that loss, and the nice thing we kind of already alluded to it was most of the teams around the Hounds have also been scuffling. Uh, not so much this past weekend, but just tonight, Wednesday night, Detroit lost to Louisville, and that seemed like a game situationally where Louisville could have been distracted and. Prime to, to lose also, to Detroit, but Detroit Louisville's takes the also loss. Down, so comeback win there. They were they were down and then scored two on the rebound to win two one. Um, 
Memphis just blew a lead. Doesn't matter to us. Uh, yeah, anymore, I'm not but... too worried about Memphis at this point. But well, I, um, actually, with these results tonight, Louisville locks up first place. Yes, they do. Because now Memphis can only get to 68, and Louisville sits mm-hmm. at 69. Nice, but not nice. Thank you. I was wondering. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, Louisville at 69, Memphis at 62, um, with two games left to play. Tampa's at 58, but they have three games left because they were postponed this past weekend because of uh, some hurricane activities. Uh, Birmingham sits at fourth at 55. There's your playoff. There's your home playoff line at 55 points right now, and they have two games left. Detroit's at 54 with one game left after taking the loss tonight. The Hounds are at 53 with two games left, so they can max out at 59. Miami's at 52 with two games left. They can max out at 58. And then that's that's your playoff field right there. So Aside from the Hounds, uh, Tampa Bay overall has been the worst teams for the last, uh, let's call it, six weeks. They have as many points as the Hounds do. They've been faltering just as much as we have. Everyone else has been at least marginally better. Correct. So... Looking most importantly at the two teams right above us, Birmingham has remaining hosting San Antonio uh, also this Sunday. So that is good. Basically, that's a concurrent kickoff with uh, with the Hounds on Sunday. That's against San Antonio, and then they finish off their season. This is the game I think got rescheduled. It did. It's now they didn't want to Wednesday game now. They didn't want to compete with the UAB football team where they shared the stadium. So, or I think maybe they will already know what Birmingham will have done. Yes, most importantly, so Birmingham's last game is on the twelfth. That's Wednesday against Indy. So they'll be in the clubhouse, and we'll know what they have when the Hounds played their last game. And then Detroit, their final game remaining is a very interesting. Detroit's playing uh, hosting Miami. Miami. Yes, and that is. Uh, not this weekend coming up. That will be next weekend, Saturday, the 15th. And that's a 4 o'clock. So they will, will know. So that game will also be done by the time the Hounds start. BB's so, on in the parking lot? Possibly. Um, that kind of, That's very 2019-ish where the, the Hounds knew they needed a win to, to wrap up first place. And they were the only game going at that time. Um so if there is an advantage there, it is the Hounds will know uh, what the teams that are currently above them, where they finish at when the Hounds take the field. Um, so that could be nice. Festy, um, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but hell, I'll ask it anyways. <laughs> what percentage chance are you giving the Hounds of a first-round home playoff game? Poor preseason Vesti is going to be very disappointed to me, but I'm, I'm putting it at, at uh, I'll give it 10%. That's 10% more than I, I thought you were going to say. I, you know, there's a zero in what I was thinking, but uh, for for slight positivity's sake, I'll, I'll add the, the one in front of that. Yeah, are you above or below 10%? Uh, above? Not by much. I'm gonna say I'm just gonna say 15 just to be different, but 
I'm in the same ballpark as Vesti, I think. All right. I was going to go like 20 to 25. 1499. <laughs> Price is right rules, man. Price is right rules. Yeah. The thing is, um, so like by the time we play our last game, we'll know. But it's probably too late for Bob to make any lineup changes. Do you think he will like pull guys out early if he, we know we can't change our position? Or is he just going to... Well, so here's the thing. And who knows how well this is going to be coordinated. Since it's a home game, it's not like a, an away game where he's only the 18 or traveling. So in theory, he could have everyone show up to the stadium for a home game and, and select his 18... You know, an, an hour before uh, before kickoff. So if if they really wanted to work it that way, they could. I don't think that he will per se. I think he'll have his eighteen in mind beforehand. But I wouldn't be shocked if there was a change in the in the starting eleven, and then guys getting pulled early if need be, just basically a quasi maintenance day or something like that. Get get forty five minutes in, get an hour in, and get out or something like that. I actually disagree. I don't think Lily's going to make any real significant adjustments, regardless of if we're still playing for something come kickoff time or not. Okay. I, don't know. I could see Danny Griffin getting a night off or Connor Forbes getting, getting a rest. Or Donia's getting a night off. Yeah, any, guess, of those, any of those any of those guys that play ninety almost every night. It'd be nice if we were in a position where we had the fi- we we were able to see this in place because that means the Hounds are actually playing for something the last week. Yeah. Big USL news this week: uh, Colorado Rapids transferred Haji Berry to future FC in the Egyptian Premier League. Uh, <laughs> Supposedly, Rapids. what was that? I said the Rapids. Did I say the Rapids? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Switchbacks. Colorado Springs <laughs> switchbacks. Whoopsies. Otherwise, we don't care. Yeah. But I got the Egyptian team's name right. Yeah, way to go. I got that right, but I <laughs> fucked up the switchbacks. I, whatever. So, uh, two weeks before the, the regular season ends, the switchbacks find themselves in third in the West. Uh, their star player is transferred out for a supposed uh, USL uh, record fee. I guess there's a lot of different ways you could approach this question in terms of what's best for the club. How do you sell this to to, to your fans, your, your customer base, if you will? Because uh, this is now the second year in a row that they've offloaded a... Uh, a big player right before the playoffs. Uh, assume this was the Hounds. Um, the thing I was put on Twitter was imagine if this, if Carnado, Carnado, uh, Canardo Forbes was sold a couple weeks before the end of the 2019 season um, for, for decent money, which is a, a key part of this, this question. Would you generally be because again short term is one thing then long term is a different thing yeah 
when you saw the news, what were your thoughts, and how do you think you would have reacted if you were a fan of the switchbacks in this situation? If I had followed the switchbacks, I'd I'd be pretty pissed more than anything. Um, let's let's use the Forbes hypothetical. The Hounds fans haven't won much of anything. Like the chase in 2019 and, and the playoff win was about as much as we've ever accomplished, no matter how long anyone's been a fan here. So we're out like like watch it, scoreboard watching and on pins and needles on every result around the league and at every game that we're attending. And suddenly we're kind of undermined because upper management thinks the, the sale is worth more than the potential of winning a trophy or something like that. Uh, that's pretty freaking annoying. Over time, I might get over it, especially if it improves the club. And this is an amount of money that would definitely change some things up at Col- uh, over at Colorado Springs. But if I'm if I'm a fan gearing up for this team that was otherwise like fairly decked out for the playoffs, and the Western Conference is pretty uh, is a pretty much free for all at this point, I'd be I'd be pissed. I I would be up in arms over this. I think. Festy, I agree. If, if if I was a fan of them, I would be would be really angry. Uh, it's it the only time that's acceptable is if you're not in the playoffs, and you know at that point, kind of whatever. But like, we we we'd like to think that the USL isn't just a development league, that we're not just uh, you know a stepping stone to MLS or apparently. Uh, foreign leagues and at this point and and even even the usl you know tries to market themselves that you know we are a legitimate division two soccer league in this country and it to just like offload a player like that just for the money really you know undercuts that idea that we are an independent league that we care about our championship and stuff it, it just makes it seems like no, actually, we're just we just want to make some money. We just want to you know develop these guys and let them go, and get get paid in the process. I'm not even so, sure if the, if the developmental tag applies here though, because all these guys, all these previous you know record transfer guys have all been 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 kids more or less. Haji Berry's thirty. You know, I mean, I guess that's another wrinkle to all this. I. There's a good chance that this Egyptian club vastly overpaid for this guy. And then, so if you're Colorado Springs and also an offer comes in that, you know, you have to like, dub, you know, do the double check on the paperwork to make sure that the, the dollar figure is actually correct. Does that make it harder to say to say no when it's a figure you would never expect to get for a guy? So like from the, the fan perspective, you know, like I mentioned you know, I'd be angry, you know, trying to, it, it doesn't make it seem like we're seriously yada yada. From a front office perspective, I understand it because, yeah, if you get, if somebody drops a bag of money in your lap that is just like exorbitant, you're, you're, you're crazy not to take that deal. So, like, I, I can understand both sides of it, but since I am not a front office person, you know, I'm a supporter, I'm a fan, I lean on the, I'd be pissed off side of it. Furthermore, if, if, yeah. you, if you've done it two years in a row, I think as a, as a, you know, I got season ticket 
tickets, you know, that preseason, you know, meet and greet or whatever they do out there, I, it at that point becomes an absolutely fair question of, of how can you convince me you guys won't, you know, did, you know, take away from this team three weeks before the playoff starts for the third year in a row. Yeah, you're going to say something? Yeah, if it's, if it's my money, I can understand, like, if I was the owner, if it's my money, I can understand the, uh, the Egypt club possibly overspending for this guy, but I'm not... It's this isn't my money and my team. It's my emotions, and this is making me. This is irritating. What are we cheering for if we're not trying to win? You're cheering. You're cheering the ledger book, man. I have a. Uh, I have a question for this, but it's a little more long term. So, did you? Do you have any more thoughts on on this immediate situation? No, I. I just. I think it is. It's a. It's an interesting paradox between doing what's made best for the club business-wise and then at the expense of, of kind of uh, annoying your, your fan base. And then how do you sell that to the fan base after the fact? Um, I mean, I feel like at the, at the worst, you're, you have to do a harder sell to your fans um, as to why they should keep buying tickets when you, when you do that. But... It, I just I find it more more interesting than anything else because I I never can imagine that scenario happening in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Let me put it that way. But this is really really irritating because of when it happened. If this happens in June, it's not that big of a deal. Correct. So, yep. do you think the league office might be using this as like a uh, to point their finger at it? You know. If if our calendar wasn't like this, you guys wouldn't be as annoyed about this situation. You wouldn't Ooh. be in such a you wouldn't be in such a bad spot here. But if this was the beginning of the year, if your beginning of the year was in September, you know, that's an does interesting it make angle. people reconsider? That's an interesting angle. But I mean, I mean, I'm trying to. S- one of the things that surprised me about this was that the Egyptian transfer window was still open. Um, I know a lot of us focus more on the English transfer window or some of the other European countries. Like, I wonder if they switched the calendar, like, like, yeah, how many of these windows are open that actually would take advantage of. Like, if this is just a weird one-off, just because of a weird calendar overlap. I actually didn't know that every league had its own window. I kind of thought they more or less overlapped at the exact same points in time. Uh, every country technically sets their window. Um, and there's a big PDF on FIFA's website where you can look all this up. Um, the Egyptian one apparently has been open till October 15th. <laughs> or, no. Yeah, October 15th. But I think generally they... Or at least all the major European leagues, I think, have basically the same window within like maybe a week or two difference. Yeah, there's, it's it's not off by a, by a month or anything like that. It's it's by most a half week to a week. Uh, yeah, but uh, good knowing you, Hodge I, I guess I guess I guess to your point though, like if we did switch to our winter calendar, then if people get transferred in the middle of the summer, who cares? We're not in season. 
Yeah, I mean, if the, if the goal is to align closer to a more traditional FIFA uh, calendar, then you wouldn't get hit with with the kind of goofy ass transfer windows um, hitting you right at the beginning of the playoffs. Unless they transfer to can oh, but, but see now you're all goofy with MLS's transfer window. Uh, well, I'm not saying they're going to make a change now. I don't think they're that close, but this would be the first of perhaps many dominoes needed. Yeah, I just I had not considered that angle on it before, so now I'm, my brain's kind of rattling around with permutations on that. Well, well, with all the two teams leaving, I mean, they don't care about what MLS's transfer window is. Yeah, but still, if, if they're having a goof, if MLS's transfer window is not in sync with uh, USL's now, um, and now it's going to be goofy, goofy window compared to, to the calendar that USL's on, then you could still have these kind of strange uh, transfers going to MLS uh, at inconvenient times in the USL calendar. Moving on, I say. <clears throat> Gentlemen, last away game of the year. Uh, Hounds at Sacramento. 5 p.m. on a Sunday. It, uh, it has been a hot minute since the Hounds have played uh, Sacramento. Can anyone, anyone remember, remember that last game? 2014. Yep. Did we only play them once? I believe so. We got slapped. The five nil drubbing in Sacramento as well, if I recall. Yeah, and I, so I and I can't I because I was the record I was looking up too, and I I don't remember Sacramento ever actually coming to Pittsburgh, so I'm going to assume that's correct. Yeah, but uh, five p.m. Sunday, uh, Sacramento. As we've alluded to before, also somewhat scuffling, just uh, took a loss, uh, and that was due to a Danny Vidiello uh, bit of a howler. Um, so the former Hounds goal goaltender, who started the year pretty hot, has had some noticeable gaffes in the last uh, couple months. He did not cover himself in glory in the Open Cup final. Uh, had a pretty, pretty, pretty horrid howler uh, last week. Um, but yeah, come to town. And they are coming to town on a uh, a three-match uh, losing streak. Lost uh, at uh, San Antonio. Lost at home to uh, second to the bottom in the West, uh, Phoenix. And then this 2-0 uh, and somewhat embarrassing loss to Los Dos. So Sacramento, uh, not looking good. The Hounds, not looking good. Uh, boys are going to face their former goaltender in Vidiello. Yak, what are, your, what are your thoughts on the match? Perfect time to catch them, right? Um, Pretty much, looking yeah. At their stat, looking at their stat page, uh, you'll, I don't think anyone will ever guess the, the highest goal scorer that Sacramento has, the amount of goals the dude has. It's only seven. 
they're the most scoring by committee I've seen us play. They have no true dude. I mean, they have Rodrigo Lopez. He's like MVP caliber. The announcer's going to say his name like 30 times. He's been with Sacramento since before Sacramento was even a team. But he's not their primary goal scorer. They don't have a primary goal scorer. They just have a bunch of guys who have a decent amount of scoring the ball. Um, they pass the ball a little bit better than us. They, they get more shots off. Their defense is a little weaker than us. Um, and, man, we brought it up before the pod that the Hounds have only generated one penalty. Sacramento's had nine. That is that whole part's almost mind-numbing. That they've the Hounds have, have taken one PK this year, and it was that horror show of a of a, of a Paneka from Alex Dixon. That's what hurts almost as bad as as being 0 for one and how they were 0 for one. But that'd be me dwelling on on the negative. Vesti, what are you looking that's for in job. this match? <laughs> yeah, it's my job to to be negative right now. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really looking for looking for anything. Um, looking for good vibes. <laughs> yeah, I'd be pleasantly surprised. Um, I mean, I, I, earlier I talked about in, in relation to the playoff that we're not a good road team, but I think the actual record that you pulled out is we're not terribly different. Road versus home. I feel like going to West Coast has always been pretty painful for us. And more recent example being Vegas. But looking at Sacramento, they have not been that great at home either. So, yeah, maybe we maybe we are going to catch them at a good time and not lose. <laughs> would be my, uh, you know, faint praise. If the hell hounds... hard to go on the West Coast because traveling on a budget is not easy and getting out there is a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. If you're flying like Southwest or whatever, you're that's a lot of connections. I assume it takes two flights to get to Sacramento from Pittsburgh, so it's just it's, just would, a, it's an entire less, day lost. Is that you're going some? You're going to LA and then LA to Sacramento or something like that? That'd be my guess. Or maybe LA. Yeah. Would you? Would you? I would have thought Denver, maybe. Yeah, that's a possibility. Depends what airline, probably. Or but you, like either or way, or you do something crazy like, where you just you get out to California, the closest direct flight to California you can get, and then bus to to Sacramento or something like that. I hear uh, flights to Vegas are cheap. They're always cheap. Yeah. <laughs> it was like 200, 220 bucks round trip last week, something like that. Regardless of how they get there, though, they, I mean, more than likely they are flying out the day before, and like transitioning to that time zone is it can be rough. I know from experience some some work trips. So, yeah, they're just they're probably gonna be tired. They're humans just like us. They're just like us. So, but it's I mean it is five. It's a five o'clock kickoff here, so it's not terribly different than. Um, that's true. I think yeah. that plays better than having something that's like like a 10 p.m. kickoff here. 
or at least in my mind, that seems like the better option. I would agree. Yeah. Behooves us, sure. though. Like, we, we could make it freaking weird if it was a 10 o'clock uh, kickoff. I think we, we did we discuss that. We were going to try to do, like, Hounds After Dark and then a little disappointed when it was a, a 5 o'clock kick. Yeah, we haven't had a good After Dark game in a long time. Probably since the last time they went to Sacramento. Either that or uh, one of those late night uh, Phoenix games back in the day. The New Mexico game earlier in the year was kind of closest we've had. Yeah, but that's still in. Because it wasn't that late, was it? I don't think so. No, it wasn't. Nine, I think. I think it was a nine o'clock game. I know. Anyway. Yeah. This is the the most. Uh, choppy episode of Houndsy possibly ever <laughs> is what it is um, can you tell we've mailed it in <laughs> yeah it's... mailed it in and still got almost an hour yeah well we're gonna tip over that hour mark easy we are professionals damn it yeah the only question is do I work on uploading this tonight or do I wait till tomorrow because it might be tomorrow gentlemen let's wrap up this well First, let's do some Steel Army news. Uh, one we just discussed, uh, the Hounds at Sacramento. Five o'clock kick on Sunday. We're going to do a good old-fashioned uh, watch party. Bulldog Pub. Weren't sure if they'd be able to give us audio on an NFL Sunday. Uh, Josh called him up. Jesse at the Bulldog said, absolutely, we've got sound for you. So we will have TVs with sound for our five o'clock kick. Steelers at one. Go down the Bulldog, watch the Hounds at Sacramento at 5. Uh, I can't speak for you two gentlemen, but I'm going to be out in, in Erie, uh, Erie, Pennsylvania this weekend. But my plan is to get back in time and basically go straight to Bulldog. So my ass hopefully will be there. Uh, Yak, you're usually good for something like this, aren't you? I'm going to be silly there, I'm sure. Nice. Uh, I might get there early. Everton plays at 2, I think, on Sunday. So oh, so you're, oh, you're going to be good in... Uh, Good and wound up by the time five o'clock hits. You know it, Vesti. I'm, I'm assuming uh, this will be not so uh, well attended. From not a, a, an intent. Uh, you will not be attending this. Yeah, do uh, three weeks in a row is kind of pushing it for me these days. So, um, but yeah, I got a, a family thing. The five o'clock start, you know, is right in the the window for family dinners and stuff. So, yeah, I get it. Can't can't make it. But if, uh, if you're not like Vesti and you're more like like a yak, you should be there uh, 5 o'clock Sunday, Bulldog Pub. Um, I'm sure some beverages will be flowing. Uh, the mood of the other patrons in the bar will probably be heavily dependent on what the Steelers do this weekend. So for that purposes, let's go Steelers. And uh, it's going to be a good old time. And then the other big news item is that the Player of the Year ballot uh, is out. It's live on the Steel Army Speakeasy. So if you are a paid-up member of Steel Army, check one of your previous Discord emails. The Speakeasy password is on there. The ballot is uh, right there behind the the wall. Um, Fill it out. Make your voice count. Vote or die. And uh, we'll be discussing Player of the Year a little bit next week. And then as is tradition, uh, we will uh, announce the, the winner of the Player of the Year and bestow them with a sweet little uh, 
trophy or an award uh, at the last home game of the year, which will be that that Oakland Roots game, which we can talk about next week. But uh, we will save player of the year discussion until next week as well. Uh, But be sure to get your vote in uh, last year. Vesti, you can uh, attest to this. It came down to one vote, didn't it? Yeah, last year was incredibly close. And uh, we actually had to bump up our account to the next level just to to figure out who won because we had so many people and it was so close we couldn't you know call it so so yeah every every vote matters get your vote in damn right uh i have not voted yet i'm uh, i i'm i'm waiting to hear what people say in the uh in discord i'm willing to have be influenced to a certain degree about uh about which way my vote goes uh, I am too. I want. I want to hear people talk about it because uh, I have leading candidates, but certainly nobody concrete to step forward as the number one for me. Yeah, I have someone who who is someone who's getting my vote unless unless someone makes a a compelling argument in a different direction. But I'm willing to be persuaded, and I can say this is the first year ever that I I'm willing to to hear a discussion on Player of the Year. I mean, even in the really trash years, I was pretty confident who I wanted. Uh, but this year, I'd say it's a little more, a little more wide open. So get your vote in for sure. It's like one Voter of the available for purchase. Yes, Voter Die. It's one of the, the one of the nice perks of of being a member is you get uh, get your vote in this. So uh, so do that, damn it. And if you don't know what your is going to come find you. <laughs> yes. And if you don't know what the disc uh, the speakeasy password and you are a member just. Shoot us an email and we'll, uh, we'll get that out to you as well. Or just uh, do a search in your email for, for Discord or Dispatch and you should be able to find an old Dispatch with that password on there as well. Well, gentlemen, we did tick past the uh, the hour mark. So it's probably a good time to start wrapping this thing up. Yak, uh, what did you learn tonight? Mm, um, I've been really album heavy listening to them front to back at work recently and i've done a lot the last couple days and system of a downs debut album 20 ish 25 years later still slaps that's what i learned today festy can you top that uh if we're gonna go on the music route i have been listening a lot to post-rock lately and been big into a band called mono out of japan so if you're into uh, just heavy guitar noises with no lyrics, I recommend checking them out. Nice. I will stick to saying that I learned that FIFA has a PDF of when all the windows around the, the world open and close. And that's going to probably be something I want to check out because, you know, you got to be a soccer nerd every once in a while and know when your windows are open and or closed. But yeah, it's very cool. HS, is anyone's vibes in here better than they were uh, 63 minutes ago? A little bit, but not because of soccer things. I think just because I've been chatting with you guys. That's fine. I just, if this is talk therapy for anyone, I'm, I'm glad it is. A little more, a little more tired vibes at this point, but. Fair enough. I get that. Probably it. Trust me. I absolutely get that. Um. Yeah, Late recording this week, and we haven't mentioned it. Yeah, if you if you see this on on the feed uh, Thursday morning, um, I'm going above and beyond. If you see it on your feed 
Thursday afternoon, then uh, I chose an extra bit of sleep over getting this posted tonight. So uh, I guess you'll find out uh, when you see this in your feed. But yeah, let's take this bad boy home. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocky Man and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorek. Email the show at steelarmypgh at gmail.com and put podcast in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. On behalf of Yak and Vesti, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.